previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. So that's basically like someone quitting on Survivor. Now, good on her, though, because, you know, we're talking about the possibility of marrying someone and changing your life as opposed to just not winning a million dollars. But I mean, well, that can change your life, too. But I, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So we already talked about the Mandalorian. How dare you, sir? We'll let the Little speak on that. The Littles will speak on that. The Littles will speak. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Spoiler Podcast. Yes, that's what we're calling it now. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Yes, the Littles have spoken. Welcome back, Roxy. Welcome back, Chuck. Mm-hmm. Welcome, hello everyone. Mm-hmm. I, this is a setup. Mm-hmm. This is a pure setup. <laughs> yes, we did not share any of the responses, emails, twitters, tweets. Are they called tweets? They're called tweets. Any of that stuff with Chuck. <laughs> He's just gonna sit there, nice and quiet. Before we get started, Mary Faye, go get a second cup of coffee or maybe a cocktail. I don't know. Just just go away for like thirty seconds and please come back. <laughs> yes, Chuck. The littles have spoken. Our first response, we have a bunch of them, but we'll get through a couple of them. John Miller writes in, Chuck, how could you think it was Baby Yoda? Okay. He says it was not a spoiler alert. Well, gee, maybe because when this came out, like what? How, Chuck, when did this come out? You said two or three years ago? At least, I think the first season came out two years ago, yeah. All right. Everyone on this planet, Roxy, am I wrong here? Everyone on this planet was going, have you seen The Mandalorian yet? It's so adorable. It has a baby you know, Yoda. Baby Yoda this and baby Yoda that. What Come else on. was yeah. I so, supposed to think? Come on, so, people. Right. So, John, how would we not think that? So, I mean, I understand what you're saying, though. Okay. So, next we have a message from Suzanne Nichols, Dr. Suzanne Nichols, pardon me. And in the email, she says, in episode one, they established that Baby Yoda is 50 years old. The action takes place between the original trilogy and the one with Rey. So not only is Yoda dead at the time, but he was 700-something when he died. Uh, hello? No one told me there would be math involved. Exactly my point. So seriously, we've established this now that Roxy and I are, are just casual. We're not like... Chuck, is there an equivalent to Trekkies for Star Wars? We're not, we're obviously we're not Trekkies, but is there a Star Wars type thing like that? I'm sure there is, but well, I'm not. Okay, I don't know. whatever they are, we're not them. So we're just casual. We just wanted to enjoy this nice series on whatever it's on, Disney Plus. And so who are we? So, and then our last one, this one comes from Sully from Boston. Tiny Chuck is right doesn't qualify as a spoiler because of the timeline and distance since it first aired by your own historical definition. Hurts to say Tiny Chuck is right, but he is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure Roxy is going to drown her sorrows in Sam Adams now, and that's the real tragedy here. Yup. So, okay, yes, Sully, we understand. Look, Roxy and I are conceding. We said we would put it to the littles. We put it to the littles. Yes, the majority said it was not a spoiler alert. So, Chuck, congratulations. You won that one. I'm trying to tell you. There was was somebody, I don't want to throw them under the bus because we're obviously on the losing side of this. But there was someone out there, there were a couple, but one in particular that said it was definitely a spoiler alert. Roxy and I, from the bottom of our heart, thank you for your support. There's probably not much you can do, but maybe you can draw a picture about it. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, um, real quick. So Chuck, you've been very nice and quiet and you've now that your head is big and blown up now, what, what, what do you have to say? Because, you know, I did equate this to going into like Empire Strikes Back and never seeing it before, not knowing anything about it. And like 30 minutes into it, you tell me that Darth Vader is Luke's son. Now you're obviously claiming that that's not the case in any way. No, because. Well, Chuck, don't first you, I think you owe the littles a thank you, don't you? I mean. (laughs) Well, no, I don't owe anybody anything. I'm telling you, I told you from the get go, what a spoiler. Well, Chuck, uh, I think the little I mean, would I'm like to... if you want that because <laughs> I knew I was right. But it's because so if you've watched the movies, which I'm sh- have you watched the movies, all of the movies? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so it's kind of like I'm trying to think of a show where, you know, that's sequential and then you kind of jump in 
around the middle of it and then you think you know something but you don't and so somebody says something about it but if you haven't watched it all then you don't have a frame of reference kind of a thing. Well, right. kind of, i don't know i just feel like it's it, it's it's to me it's got to be a major plot point i mean we all thought it was a it's, baby, not. it's, a, it's a baby yoda I don't know. Anyway, it's a okay. baby Yoda right. looking child who's apparently right. 50 years old. All right. And Ro- yeah. <laughs> Roxy, we lose. We concede. We concede. We can be we can be gracious losers. We're okay. Okay. It's not I'm that it was really you, a competition. You're, you're but... gonna you're gonna continue to watch the show. It will not mess up anything. You can still think it's baby Yoda if you want to, but it's not. But All right. it's not gonna mess up your viewing pleasure. It doesn't All have right. anything to do with the story. Well. Welcome back to the podcast, audience. Uh, Mary Faye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's now safe to come back. All right. Quick shout out to our 300th follower. Yes, we are up. Actually, we're a little over 300 now. Damon Brown. So holy cow. Just I feel like just over a little bit over a week ago, we were at 200. We have now hit over 300 followers on the old Twitter. So that's exciting. All right, Roxy. And you had an email too, right? Not I, This has nothing to do with spoiler alerts. This was just a nice email. Yeah, uh, this email is from Paul Kelly. And he said, listen to three episodes. Two points I'd like to make. First point, in the interview with John Fitzpatrick, he referenced Steely Dan and their 1977 Asia album. That brought back a flood of memories. I must have listened to that album a thousand times that year. It was so very good. Second point, hearing you sing the Muppet intro song brought a huge smile to my face and my heart. Oh, that's sweet. I watched the first two episodes of uh, the Muppets since it's on Disney. Had a little Sandy Duncan, did you? Yeah. Uh, Did I ever tell you that story when I did a show with her? <laughs> she, I, I, what I do is if I, if there's someone like I think is a name, I'll say a name. Uh, I get them to sign my drumstick, and so mm-hmm. she was a little, I don't know, was it the after party, Roxy? I don't remember, but whatever happened anyway. She, <laughs> she either slitters anyway. It came out. It looks like it says Dandy Duncan on my drumstick. Yeah. So <laughs> I call Dandy. it. It's like a one in original. And her husband was also on the show, Don Korea, and he, he just, it gave him a really good chuckle. He was like, "Yep." Dandy Duncan. <laughs> All right. So now we move on to what we're calling a major shout out this week. And this one goes out to Thomas Miskowick. We first have to apologize because this probably should have came sooner. We did not know anything about this. So we just found out, I think it was yesterday, Roxy. Yeah. That we found out that Thomas has become the first supporter of the podcast. Now, Trust me, Littles, let me explain real quick. It's specifically called a supporter, and I'll get into that, because so many of you have supported the podcast and have been supporters of the podcast. As far as I'm concerned, anyone that's come on the podcast as a guest and wants to come on the podcast as a guest is a supporter. We've had so many other people just in their comments and recommendations and ideas and things like that. So supporter is a loose term, I guess is how I'll say it. So this is something we weren't going to bring up, but as most of you know from the all the ads we've been doing since the beginning for on Anchor.fm is the platform we released the podcast on. Now you may get it on Apple and iTunes and Spotify and all over, but Anchor's the one that puts it out there for us. And one of the things they also do is put a link to a support in your bio. Most of you probably never even noticed it was there, and that's okay because we're not doing this to ask for money and stuff like that. And we just want to say a big thank you. And the only thing I can say on behalf of the Little Littles podcast is I assure you any dollar amount will go towards the podcast. First thing we're going to do is we want to get some new microphones because we we feel like we've done some really cool things. And we know some of the interviews did not go as well because of the connection. And we tried to do this funny Muppets theme opening one episode. And we know the the sound quality wasn't great. So We're hopefully going to get some microphones. We're going to try to get a roadcaster or something similar to that so we can provide a better product for all you loyal littles. But we did want to give a special shout out to Thomas and just say thank you. That's really nice of you. And we really appreciate it. It was very Mm -hmm. unexpected. Yeah, very unexpected. Yeah. I couldn't believe that someone would want to do that for us, you know, (laughs) like (laughs) it was really wonderful. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Thomas. Salute. All right, well, let's get out of here because our guest today is its someone we never thought we would be interviewing. At least I didn't think we'd be interviewing. It's a friend of the Loyal Littles, a friend kind of of the big show. So we're a little excited about that. 
So, Littles, stay tuned, because we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. 100 years ago on PTI. 100 years ago on PTI. I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, today is 300 years since Galileo looked through a telescope. Tony, have you looked through a telescope? I'm Tony Kornheiser. Just last night I was peeking at Uranus. Ha ha ha, real funny. It's always funny. I told that one to Ty Cobb. Oh, I bet he was laughing, Tony. Yeah, while spiking me in the ankle. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, women get the right to vote. It won't last, Tony. Prohibition everywhere. That may last. Yeah, except in Grover Cleveland Alexander's glove. And Ray Chapman goes down from a Carl May submarine spitball. That's just sad, Tony. But we begin today with the sad state of the Senators rolling toward a sixth-place finish in the American League under Clark Griffith. Yeah, Tony, despite Walter Johnson's no-hitter last month, that's the only bright spot. He stinks, Johnson. After 10 straight 20-win seasons, I can't watch the Senators. I get too upset. Yeah, Clark Griffith needs to shut up. Tony, the new National Football League is underway with Jim Thorpe as president. The Decatur Staleys are rolling under George Hallis. Yeah, but their quarterback, Pard Pierce, only five foot five. He's like a little boy out there. Yeah, well, if Hallis would coach him up. Babe Ruth is in his first year with the Yankees after coming over in the trade from Boston. Having a great year, Tony's gonna shatter his homer record from last year. Yeah, he can't keep it up. They should sell him back to Boston while his stock is up. Now, would Frazee even take him? Mike, he was better as a pitcher. <laughs> Tony Bill Tilden wins Wimbledon again. Is he your goat? Never be another Tilden. Tony, would you More pay cowboy. to see Jack Johnson fight again? <laughs> not unless it's against Jim Jeffries, and that's not gonna happen. That's the fight of the century, and we'll never see a better one. <laughs> Wilbon, will there ever be a professional basketball league? <laughs> Why, Tony? Whoever thinks they'll pay to watch basketball needs to shut up! We're out of time. We'll try to do better the next time. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, knuckleheads. I don't think Decatur will have trouble with the Columbus Panhandlers. As long as Hallis stays out of the way and learns to shut up. 26 inning game in Boston. Yeah, you slept through the last 23. Baseball needs lights. Never gonna have The defending champion White Sox. Can they repeat? If Shoeless Joe stays healthy, Tony. One hundred years ago on PTI. All right, loyal littles, how great is that? Now, I'm hoping that most of you will recognize that voice. And uh, I, we're just so honored and thankful that we got special permission to play that song. Yes, for those who recognize it, that is the great Dan Byrne. And his new song called 100 Years Ago on PTI, if you couldn't figure that out. I mean, how great is that? We are just so thrilled that he gave us permission to air that. And, uh, well, you know what? Why don't we let him tell you all about it? Please welcome to the big show, Mr. Dan Byrne. Hey, Dan, how you doing? Hello. It's going real good. How are you doing? Oh, we're great. Wow. We can't thank you enough. I mean, this is this is great that you're willing to come on like this. And uh, uh, It's my pleasure. And, uh, Dan, what we normally do is, I mean, obviously, I know most of the littles know who you are. But can you just take us through, tell the little where you grew up, how you started in business and all that good stuff. Oh, wow. Wow. But, um, that's a lot. Uh, I will tell you that I was uh, living in Los Angeles around the time I, I knew about PTI, but I didn't, I didn't watch a lot of TV, really. So once they were a podcast every day, I started listening to that pretty much every day now for, I don't know, a good 10 years. And the reason I was in L.A. was I was writing songs, sometimes for movies, sometimes TV shows, cartoons, sometimes just making my own records, just kind of living living the life, doing that. And then I was out in Saratoga, New York, living there for a little while, and uh, that's when I started being aware of the podcast, the TK Show podcast. Right. When they do in the morning, sitting around the their table and stuff. Well, it used to be in the studio. And now it's Uncle Benny's table, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 
that just became my daily listen too as well. And then I was vaguely aware that they were using music and playing original songs. And even for another probably year or so, I was just listening. It didn't occur to me to send anything in. And uh, by that time, it's a couple of years even after that, it was just a couple of years ago, when we were in Northern California. And I don't know, I, I had w- one of the things I have made over the years, a, a, a whole lot of baseball songs. And I, I even made a record at one point called Double Headers, 18 baseball songs. Wow. And okay. there I had to leave some out. And I've even done in the last year I did volume of extra innings or something it was called. I don't know. But it's it's the next nine, ten baseball songs. Wow. So I had those. I had them recorded real well, too, because the first one we did in Bob Weir's studio with this whole this great band, seven, eight guys playing these baseball songs. So I started sending them in and don't even remember what the first one was, to be honest. It might have been the golden voice of Vince Scully. It might have the year-by-year home run totals of Barry Bonds. <laughs> I don't know. And he started playing them right away. Yeah. And usually I'd hear back, you know, real quick. So it encouraged me, shall we say. I was sure. great encouraged. Well, finally, my, you know, my, my passion is travel a lot and I drive and I listen to the radio and I listen to the great voices you know and I listen to Vince Scully and all the guys and all the Harry Carries of the world and the, also the just the radio people you know Larry Kings and and uh, and these guys who are totally in that class so to be able to merge what I do a little bit with that was amazing and then after a while, I just started, I sort of ran through the songs that I already had, a lot of them anyway. But it became more interesting to just write almost to the show, you know. What, sure. Like, I'll listen to the show and I'll just be out riding on my bike and listening on headphones. And almost every day that I listen to it, there's something that that he'll say or somebody will say. Usually it's it's the big guy. When he says something, it just resonates, and I'll be writing a song and sending it in as soon as it's as soon as it's recorded. So it's fun to be able, at that speed and have it be um pretty decent, uh, often occasion sort of woven into the show a little bit. Right now, if you and if you don't mind, can we go back to the very beginning? Like, where did you grow up, and where did you go to school, and stuff like that? You really want to hear all that stuff? Oh, I, I, <laughs> I think the littles want to know. Absolutely. I don't know. You know what? I grew up in Iowa in a really little town, and I didn't have sports in my household. I had to find that on my own. Uh, and my parents had been recent immigrants. So it was, I think, my way of sort of American culture, soaking it up and identifying with it. And at the beginning, because if you're in Iowa, you're not going to any major league games of anything. So a lot of it was stuff that I would read, you know. I read the Babe Ruth story as told to Bob Considine, you know, the the great writer of the time. And the first line, I was a bad kid. I say that without pride, but with the feeling that it is better to say it. You know, it just just goes deep in you. So I felt all that before I ever even got a chance to see any games, which amazingly, when I did finally – get to a major league city it was right out of college and i was in chicago and i was i was going to wrigley field every day in the daylight wow. you know the first summer there i went to 40 games i think half their home game and when oh, i didn't wow. go i lived close enough to wrigley that i could hear harry out my window in the seventh inning stretch <gasps> singing over the stadium like that uh, is so cool yeah and so that that brought on just a flood of because I was by that time I was writing songs and at a mad pace that I've kind of kept up but you know I was soaking up the baseball and so that's when I started writing baseball songs and and that those two loves kind of merged gotcha now did you go to school in Chicago no I went I went to school in Wisconsin in a small school I taught piano at a college in Iowa so I got to go to a college of the same ilk in the region Gotcha. And you, uh, you were a music major, or no? I was an English major. Ah, okay. Uh, and I, I kind of found at that point was I think time to find the music myself. You know, I was done form formal training by that point. But English, you know, all that stuff, Alexander Pope and mm-hmm. 
and the great poets and satirists. They they made a big impression. Sure. And what was your main instrument? Well, when I was a kid, it was the cello, which was crazy because I was in a small town. It was like Woody Allen in the Take the Money and Run movie where he's marching with the marching band with a cello and he sits down and plays a few notes and he runs a few more steps. It was kind of like that. I was kind of a fish out of water and my, my cello was, was not with an orchestra. It was just me sawing away for six years while my friends were out playing and I wanted to do that. But then when I one I just suddenly some this older dude who was in town in the 60s he had been th- with all that and so he he turned me on to Dylan and Phil Oaks and Woody Guthrie and Lighton Hopkins and all that stuff almost in a night and so at, from that point on I just it kind of clicked and it's like oh I'm gonna write my own songs and I'm gonna need a guitar so now being int- being a musician I'm interested in that so did you pick the cello or did someone say you had to play or that if you wanted to play an instrument this is what you're gonna play well my dad was a classical pianist my sister played my mom played when they weren't playing there was no room for it on it for me so I wasn't gonna play the piano I could immediately see and then one day what some this uh, cellist came and played with my dad in our house and this was it sounded cool it was low yeah it seemed kind of tough and it wasn't the piano so i was like yeah. oh, i want to play the cello i mean really it's, cool. I, it never became as cool as it seemed like it would be but <laughs> right <laughs> no it's it's funny how kids have those impressions though because when i was growing up i have four older sisters and my three oldest are at least 10 years and older than me and back in those days when you had a wedding you hired a band not a dj and all three of their weddings they had the same band and i'll never forget watching the sax player there was just something about him that mesmerized me and i always wanted to play the saxophone i didn't end up playing the saxophone but i remember the impression it had on me and how angry i was at my youngest sister who's only two years older than me when she got to hit fifth grade and pick an instrument, she picked the saxophone. Oh, so, oh I was so mad. I was so <laughs> angry at her. And of course, two years later, I didn't want to be a copycat. And that's how I became a drummer. So <laughs> that's... <laughs> well, the world might be better off for it. <laughs> well, it's funny. I had a, a really good plan for it because everyone wants to play the drums. And they tell you when you sign up, they're like, you know, we have to obviously have a well-balanced band. So if we have too many of one instrument, we're going to ask you to play your secondary choice. So I had a plan. My plan was I picked drums. There were going to be too many. My secondary choice was alto sax. So that when they made me play the alto sax, I was going to be like, well, I'm not a copycatter. I didn't have a choice, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'll never forget the day that comes in. He tells us the big spiel. And I, he goes, he didn't say anything about it. And I go, so did everyone get their first choice? And he was like, yeah, he goes, actually, it was a really good mix and we got lucky. And so everyone's going to get their first choice. And I was like, <laughs> oh, really? And he was like, oh, don't you want to play? You know, I was like, no, 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 no. I'll, yeah, oh, I'll play the drum. Sure, sure. And I mean, I, I thank her to this day for it, because who knows what would happen if I played the sax instead of the drums. So. <laughs> Especially because, uh, Dan, I don't know if you know what I do. I do Broadway shows and stuff. And I'm oh, sure no. you're, yeah, I'm sure you're aware of this, that. You know, as a reed player, as a sax player, you have to play the flute, piccolo, berry mm-hmm. sax, all, you know, you know, all these different instruments. And I got to be honest, knowing my personality, I don't know if I would have had that dedication to it. So, I mean, it's it's just really interesting how, you know, you have these impressions as a child or a, a young adult, however you want to say it. And that's how you decide what instrument you're going to play and stuff. And I just always thought that was kind of funny. So you played the cello for how long? Oh, like eight years. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, a little while. A while. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now we got through college. You're in Chicago and you're going to baseball games. What's next? Well, next was I went out to L.A. for my first stint out there. And uh, I was there for a while. I made money by teaching tennis. All right. So go into that. <laughs> well, my most famous student was Wilt Chamberlain. I did teach him for a while. What? Come on, man. Are you serious right now? Yeah, I did. I was uh, teaching up in Encino, which is just uh, up the freeway in the yeah. valley from L.A. It's about yeah. tennis. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't teach him basketball. <laughs> okay. Wait. I mean, way to bury the lead. I mean, wait. So you taught Wilt freaking Chamberlain tennis. <laughs> yeah. We had about six lessons. First, we hit a couple times. 
And then, uh, well, first I saw him, because I taught on court one, and he was hitting on court four one day with some guy. And I just watched him. And I, I saw him from the road before. I thought, <laughs> there's some guy There's a guy, what is that? What's going on? And then I got, when I parked my bug and I got closer and I saw it was Wilt. Uh, wow. And then the next time I saw him, he was sitting down on that court, but there wasn't anybody there. Maybe he was just serving or something. So I walked over and I said, I, I was early for my lesson. And I said, uh, hey, Wilt, you want to hit? So we hit for a little while. And then a couple of days later, the same thing happened. So I walked over and I said, hey, Wilt, want to hit? And he had been, I guess he noticed that I had been teaching. So he said, well, what about those lessons? <laughs> so we're sure we could do that. So, so we had about six lessons. I mostly we mostly worked on his serve uh, because you know when we started he was just kind of this sort of hacker you know just kind of a push you know yeah sure sure toss it up and kind of push it and uh, so we did the whole thing we worked the whole thing out the big angel in the snow kind of motion you know yeah get uh, his racket way back there taught him the slice the slice serve the flat serve and we worked on his net game a little bit. Well, okay, so you just suddenly were teaching tennis. So where did that come from? You took lessons as a kid yourself? Uh, no, I played on my high school team. I played on my college team. And after that, I taught at a whole bunch of, uh, like, tennis camps, you know? Yeah, sure. My summer thing for, for a while. And then uh, when I went out to L.A., first I had this crazy job with the back in, this is definitely, like, pre-computer days, but they had to, with some company that, recorded every single radio station at the same time and listened for product mentions and then if the product got mentioned you would record it on a cassette tape and then you call the company and see if they wanted to buy a cassette tape with their product mentioned from the radio <laughs> anyway in, in order to put that information they had people like me who sat there for eight hours at a time with a pair of headphones on and in your left headphone was KNX 1070, all news station. And in your right headphone, in your right ear was KFWB 980, all news all the time. So you'd be listening to two all news stations at the same time and writing in brief every little news item that came down. Wow, so I that, get so confused. <laughs> but that's what I was escaping from when I uh, got a, a gig doing tennis. You know, this was all like when you're waiting for... Something to happen with, sure. with what you want to do. So as you yeah. know, you do all yeah. these different kinds of things. So uh, the tennis gig was a real nice, nice thing for a while. Yeah, sure. Yeah, for a while, and uh, but I was getting more frustrated because I wanted to be on the road, and uh, everybody I knew who was doing the same thing I was, playing in all these places, and you try to get a buzz going around town. You try to get industry people down to see you. For a while, it's the People who are really excited, but they don't have an office, they have a cubicle, and they don't have the power to actually do anything. But that kind of thing, and you're always this close for something to just, you know, happen. And, you know, you're in the office of the guy who produced Tracy Chapman. It's all that kind of thing. And then I met some sort of more renegade folks who were just going around the country from little place to little place and just doing it. And that's like a way more authentic and real way of doing it plus instead of going around about uh get a record deal so you can be on the road you just say well i just want to be on the road so i'll be on the road mm -hmm. and then you quit your job and you tell your apartment people you're not going to be there anymore and you put <laughs> your storage and so suddenly you're living that life and my big lesson from that was i i actually got a record deal four months later Basically, because now I wasn't sitting around L.A. waiting for a record deal. I was out doing something, so now I was interesting. So, but that pretty much set me on a course for a long time of uh, just going from place to place to place, years really, and living in a van and playing somewhere every night, making records furiously all the time and all that. And then uh, I got a chance to start writing some songs for some movies not too long after that. So I wrote some songs for a movie called Walk Hard, where the main character is a singer, and he's played by John C. Riley. And so I got to be part of 
little stable of songwriters doing that and then kind of the same thing for another one called get him to the greek a couple mm-hmm. of judd Apple movies and then i wrote songs for a cartoon for a couple of years called stinky and dirty show i think uh michael kornheiser's kids likes that one yeah that's amazing you were really doing it. like we had similar stories but mine was i don't want to say the fake way because we were playing one-nighters too but we were doing it was all organized and on a broadway on a tour bus and whatever it is whatever it takes. yeah but you were really doing it i mean like you said living out of the van and going from so town cool. to town playing these gigs i mean i just can't even imagine that's well, it's certainly something in the last year I have missed from time to time. Absolutely. Yeah. Just sometimes even just, the, I think everybody, though, that I've talked mm-hmm. to, just mm-hmm. their car and drive sometimes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's been really tough on the yeah. entertainment world. And that's how this podcast got started, actually, because I had nothing going on. So I was <laughs> like, more thankful than ever right now because I'm talking to you. So you're going to stick around for a second, right? Uh, I can. Um, the, the limo's uh, still out front, and he's honked a couple of times. But right, well, tell him we're, I'm a big tipper. We'll have him stick around for a little bit. I'll and, tell him uh, he's good then. Right. Loyal Littles, fill me right back with Meet the Littles. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Roxy, we haven't done the promotional codes for uh, the TK show. Hello. Oh, oh. Chuck, Chuck, you're there. Oh, you want to do some codes? Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry, Chuck. We're going to do some promotional codes for the TK show. We haven't done this in a while. Harry's, MeUndies, and SeatGeek are all Tony. That's T-O-N-Y. That's a Y, not an I. T-O-N-Y. Johnny O, the code is TKClocks. Framebridge, the code is Tony K. And for Brooke Lennon, the code is Tony K Show. That's Tony with a Y, K Show. Those are your codes. Use them. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And we are beyond grateful. We have Dan Byrne with us here. And he's taken us through some really fun life stories and whatnot. Now, one thing you did say when you were in Chicago, you got to go to a bunch of Cubs games. Now, growing up in Iowa, like you said, there's really no pro sports teams out there. Do you have a favorite sport? Is baseball your favorite sport? I like baseball a lot. I like every aspect of it. You know, I like I like the lore of it, and I like to play it, and I like to watch it. I like to be around it. I like talking about it. I like memorizing statistics. So do you have a favorite team? Are the Cubs your team, then? No. it's It's been fluid. I've lost friends. You know, between especially between the Giant Dodger rivalries. For much of the time, I was a Giants fan. And at some point, my daughter was born, and we were in LA, and we were like literally a five-minute walk to Dodger Stadium. And Vin's on every night. Yeah. At during dinner, and you you listen to Vin like you, you listen to Thelonious Monk. And then Puig comes along, and he's perfect for a kid. And he's fun, and he's funny, he's outrageous, and it seems like he's going to be really good for a long time. <laughs> and so, you know, at that point, I, I just gave it up. Uh, my karma is that I was a Giants fan exactly until the beginning of 2010, which is, of course, when they started winning. Oh, my God. Yeah, every other season they win. Yeah. That's just my personal fan karma. I've been a Bears fan all my life. Oh, okay. But, you know, I'm also a, a, a total Fairweather fan. Uh, and I moved around so much that you start to lose your attachments in a way, one particular team. And I don't mind that at all, actually. Mm-hmm. I like being fluid with that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of cool that you could focus your energy more on just enjoying the games and hoping for a good ball game versus, oh, I hope this team wins. That's exactly. really great. I- I mean, I love the passion that the people that we like to listen to talk about sports mm-hmm. bring to it, you know, but I kind of don't have that exactly. I'm more like watching Harold Baines just float along the grass before the game, shagging fly balls. That's what I, but also I think because I write songs about it, I also think maybe I'm not quite as partisan. 
because it's just it's more interesting to yeah sure in just the team that you're close to right so you don't pigeonhole yourself you allow yourself to be open to and let that inspire your writing and the music and things like that that's really great something like that yeah well speaking of inspiration that's where i was kind of just heading actually so because we've had jingle writers on the show and we've interviewed them and they've taken us through like some of their methods of how they come up with the song and the lyrics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Where would you say you get your inspiration? And the reason I'm asking is because it happens so quickly because I noticed because I, I tried to do some homework and I, I just came across the, the Tiger Woods song that you just did. That was what, the same day? Day after? Uh, and, same day. And, and you referred to you saw a tweet. Someone tweeted something. Yeah. And it kind of bugged you, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's almost like a, it's just a reaction. Uh, Normally, you would just be irked by something, right? Right. Or or bothered. Maybe you'd mention it to somebody and maybe it would just irk you. And uh, I just sort of have uh, (laughs) kind of developed the muscle that immediately turns that into a song, I guess. Wow. That's so crazy. That's amazing. Very jealous. I wish I had those kind of abilities, I guess we'll we'll call them. Now, going back to Tony and all that, now, have you ever actually gotten to meet Tony? Yeah. After I had been sending songs in, a bunch of them had been being played. I was going on a little tour. I had new records, so I was doing the tour, you know. And I was going to go through D.C. And I thought, man... I wonder if they'd let me go on, like come in, and they could tell me what I should write a song about at the beginning of the show, and then I'll write a song during the show, and then I'll sing it at the end. I I thought that would be cool, so I I wrote him a note. I said, what do you think? Sort of laid it out. said, what do you think? I'm coming to town. And then he read it on the air when I was driving. I was already on on my tour, and I was in Utah. I was just sitting, I was driving along up the, whatever that is, got canyons on both sides. And I'm some, some listening to it. And he goes, uh, does he, he wants to, yeah, you can come on the show. (laughs) (laughs) And then he goes, but you know, it's, it's not America's got talent. There's no prize. (laughs) (laughs) I was all psyched. And so for like two, three weeks, I was getting ready to to go on and do this. And there's no way I, I could prepare. Yeah. You know, it's not like I was going to write anything in advance. The idea was they give me a, a topic but, or something. And I'll just write it during. Mm-hmm. So we get in there and uh, meet everybody. Everybody's real cool. It's around this big kind of. Now, this was at Chatter, right? This is... No, this was post-Chatter. Chatter had closed, oh. I think, a month or two before. So it was oh. this, a big building with a whole bunch of studios. I forget what it was called. Okay. They were in there, and it was like this sort of – I don't think they liked it very much. <laughs> but anyway, the, looking back, it was I'm sure it's great. They're all around a table. Yeah. Uh, and then I was in my little spot. And, you know, get to meet everybody, shake hands, take a picture and stuff. And that's all nice. And then I'm just waiting for my topic. And then Tony says, ah, just enjoy the show. And I'm like, oh, no, really? And I said, really? And he said, yeah, just enjoy the show. And it was like clear that, ah, you didn't really that into And I was like, oh, no. So I, I just, I think, I, well, I started writing anyway. And I started writing about the fact that they didn't give me a topic. Like, that was um, <laughs> And I went into the, I think the baseball players were about to begin. So I gave my predictions in the song and tried to do something. This is a new question, actually, that we've uh, started doing. And it might be good for you. If you hosted Saturday Night Live, who would you like to introduce as your musical guest? If I hosted it, who would my musical guest be? Who would you like to introduce? Like, who would be... Do they have to be living? Nope. 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 Good question. Yeah, right? Could be anybody. Well, do one of each. Now I gotta think. (laughs) Uh, If it could be anybody at all, well, I would have... Okay, I'll combine it. Okay. I'd have Jack White playing with Billie Holiday. Ooh. 
Wow. Good answer, sir. Well, <laughs> it was actually a trick question. You're supposed to say myself. Like, you want to be the musical guest, right? I don't care. I'll pass the baton. So after this tour, where, where, what happened after that? I mean, what's next? I love that we're just going down this road of your life. Well, I think I was just sort of making records and doing tours and whatnot and probably would have continued just doing that. And then 2020 came along. So just totally changed the way everything, um, like you, I just started doing different things. I do a, right now it's weekly. I've done about a hundred of them since it started, just Facebook live shows. Oh, uh, cool. And uh, that's been cool. It's kind of this whole new thing, you know. So I love doing that. Yeah, I just seem to make, I made a bunch of records and um, so I don't know. So when you were traveling... In all the years that you've traveled, all the places you've been, do you have a favorite city or town that you've been to? Maybe you've been there multiple times. I wouldn't say a favorite. I mean, there's plenty. Yeah, of, there's so many to choose from. <laughs> yeah, plenty of places. How about you? Uh, I, Is there anything that stands out for you? I loved my time in Nashville. Loved my time in Nashville. I was there for both the National Tour of White Christmas, where Chuck and I actually met. And then I was also down there doing the Christmas Spectacular with the Rockette in 2014. And it was, it's, I love that city. It's such a fun, fun place. Did you ever do a cruise? I Ah. never performed on a cruise. I've been on cruises, but I've never been a performer. Did you like being on it? I loved being on it. Now that I've been (laughs) on it, I don't think I could ever work on it. Now, go uh, easy, Dan, because she doesn't know the whole story with TK, so. Oh. <laughs> I don't either. I don't he, either. Calls it, he calls it a floating Petri dish, I believe is the, the exact term. You well, know, <laughs> I totally understand that, and I see that, I acknowledge that. It's, it might be some time before I get back out on a cruise, but eventually I will because I love the idea of being able to not worry about getting anywhere. Once you're there, you just let the boat and the crew do all the work for you. You just sit back and enjoy yourself. And you go to some pretty <laughs> great places. You I mean, do. Depending yep. on the itinerary, obviously. But Yep. <laughs> so, Dan, you, you've been on a cruise ship. Have you ever performed on one of them? No. I've never even been on one. But oh, wow. No. I've been on one like the Bahamas, but it's not really a cruise ship, I think. Yeah. It's a, just mm. going to another place. Sure. Yeah, I mean, if you like, if you think you'd like a cruise, I mean, because they would treat you like a freaking god because, you know, they have all these different levels. They have like the house band, the house performers, the dancers, and then they have the invited guests that come on the ship and you'll do like one night, but you're on the cruise ship for like five or six days. So you do one show, you get everything paid for. They usually put you in a really nice cabin. You know, they usually treat, you know, the guest artists really well. Well, I'll get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> you got more? Well, oh, I've got tons. But Let's you know. go. Let's go. <laughs> Come on. This is, this is what we've been waiting for. Okay, let's do rap- it. Let's, rapid, the rapid. Let's do okay. Cut out everything. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, pertaining to the show, Uranus jokes. Funny or never not? Never not funny? Always funny. Always funny. Yeah. Love it. That's Love what we it. hope for. Because, you know, it can it goes either way on the uh, Loyal Littles podcast. I got to mm-hmm. be honest. But, you got more? But, let's no. go. Let's go. <laughs> we've, got, we've got Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Star Wars or Star Trek? Trek. Smooth or crunchy peanut butter? Crunchy. Oh. Yes. Cat or dog person? Cat. Oh. Roxy likes that. I love that. (laughs) But, you know, I identify with the big cats, too. It's not Mm. just house cats. But Mm -hmm. they're the model for the big cats, you know? Yep, definitely. Tiger, leopard, cheetahs. um, This goes back. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, well, actually, I'm going to pay you a compliment first. Because I certainly consider what you do, especially pertaining to, like, the TK show. Well, like... Look at the 100 years ago on PTI, for instance. Mm -hmm. Do you consider these jingles or a song? These are songs. These are songs. That's what I would say. Okay. But because they're so – but you know what the jingles are. But they're tight. They're like a minute 10. 
you know? Yeah. I mean, my goal, if I have a goal, is for them to play the whole thing in the show. Right. That's always the goal. Gotcha. Right. I mean, I have written jingles. I love writing jingles. If anybody's listening who wants to pay me to write jingles, by all means. <laughs> but but these songs, I don't think, no, I don't consider these jingles at all. I wanted to Did you have that. any more of those uh, rapid fires? Well, I mean, sort of. Would you rather have the ability to control the weather or the ability to talk to animals? Animals. Animals? Yeah. Okay. You want to be Dr. Doolittle. All right. Heck Yeah. I would choose that too. <laughs> I mean, if you got them on your side, imagine if the birds oh. if the birds were gonna do your bidding, your bidding and mass. Yeah. So now you mm-hmm. want to be Snow White, right? I mean essentially. <laughs> Is that well Well she had remember the birds would come and hang the clothes on the line right. and <laughs> Yeah, see right. I do want to be Snow White, I guess. It's not uh yeah, I had a lot going on, Snow White. We we used to ask the half full, half empty cup question but there's a new version of it okay Mm -hmm. would you rather be the best player on a team that always loses or the worst player on a team that always wins wow (laughs) mind blown right best player team always loses worst worst player player. team always wins well i would want to know what the relative level of the two are if you're the best player on a team that always wins, but you're not as good as the worst player on a team that always wins, I'm happy to be the, yeah. yeah. But if you're LeBron, but your team always loses versus me in third grade and my team always wins, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take the first one. What do you say? Um, well, it's funny because I've been on this situation and so I'm going to probably say I'd rather be the best player on a team that loses, but I don't have to be the best player. I, I guess because there's a reason for this is because I've been on that team where I've been like the worst player and we won a championship mm-hmm. and I don't even count it. I think I got, it was a softball team. I got in one at bat in one of the playoff games. And I know a lot of people are like, yeah, but you played the whole season. You got us to the playoffs. And I'm not, that's true. I played almost every game, but I understandably was not one of the best 10 to start the game. So I agreed with the manager's decision to not play me, but we went through like three rounds of playoffs and we ended up winning the game and I got one at bat in one of those games. I didn't feel like I contributed. So I don't feel like I count that as one of my chips over the years. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I got to say, actually, and maybe it contradicts that, but I think while you were, while you were saying that, I, I, think, I think I would choose to be the worst player on a team that wins. Well, and we've had people that say that because they're like, we, they just like the camaraderie, you know, like the... Well, also, then I, then I would feel like even though I was the worst player, I did whatever I did. Maybe I did, I did everything I could so that the team won and they did. And so I would feel good about that. Sure. Well, Dan, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on the show here. This has been amazing. And uh, as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Roxy? <laughs> Over or under? Over. We like awesome. that. We, we what like are you that. guys? What are you guys? <laughs> I like to say I'm adaptable. So whatever. She's Will Bond. Is... She's Will Bonding the question. <laughs> Is what she's doing. She always will bonds this question. Go ahead. I do. She says, well, what do you say? You're adaptable? I'm adaptable. If oh, it's come on. over and I have to replace it, I'll replace it over. If it's under and I have to replace it, I'll replace it under. Wow. Yeah. You're here to serve. <laughs> sure am. Dan, I'm over all the way. There's no other yeah. answer in my all opinion. All right. So. Hey, thanks guys for having me on. Oh my gosh, this has been it's a been complete such a pleasure. pleasure. We appreciate the time, and uh, hopefully we'll maybe we'll have you back on again sometime. This would be great. If we're all well, let's do it. All right, thanks again, Dan. All you loyal littles, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And thank you, Dan, for coming on. Amazing. Chuck, I mm. mean, tennis lessons to Wilt Chamberlain? I'm like, right? what's that? Crazy. What the stilt? 
I mean, and I love how he just kind of casually says that. Okay. Way to bury the lead. Anyway. Right? Uh, can you uh, imagine playing against him? I mean, like, in two steps, he's got the court covered. So how do you mm, possibly well, you know, and hit one by him? Don't you think, Chuck, that he would just go to the net, right? Yeah. I would totally just play the net. Right. You got side to side and try it. You'd have to hit it to, like, Empire State Building to get it over his head. And then that gives so, him plenty of time to go back. So to go back and, yeah, I don't, yeah. As always, great interview. So real quick, uh, we want to just close the show with a tiny little suggestion. This Friday, guess who's coming to America again, Chuck? Yeah, no, I am totally looking forward to it. I, it, it pains me a little bit to see how old they look. Yeah. <laughs> not, not the barbershop old, but like in real life old. <laughs> now, um, this is, yeah, this is definitely another one of these. You just sit there, cross your fingers and go, please don't suck. Please don't suck. Please don't suck. Mm. Because it'll be fine, even if it sucks. The thing is, is that you know, obviously, it's catering to people that saw the first one in the theater. Probably, I mean, I don't think young kids are going to be like, Oh my god, come to America, too! Can't wait. But I think it's, yeah, for like Xers and all that kind of thing, I think it's a, a step back in your nostalgia. <laughs> now, Littles, if there's anyone out there that didn't like the first one, I mean, please write us, tell us why. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it on the next episode. I mean, it's just. To us, it was, I think, one of my all-time favorite Eddie Murphy movies. Now, I mean, hilarious. I mean, I'm a big Beverly Hills Cop fan. I'm a big. I mean, there's other ones. Don't get me wrong. And you know, it's not best defense, but I'm talking like the good ones. And coming to America was just was iconic in a way. And when I heard they were making a sequel, I was like, oh no. And I I mean, Chuck, do you want to spoil for the? audience since you like to do that maybe you could tell them what the premise of of coming to america 2 is um well <laughs> you do know what it is right or don't you you do not know i don't know but i'm oh. pretty sure that baby yoda is not involved <laughs> <laughs> well it might be a cameo who knows it's funny i will say this a baby is involved but that's all we'll say so we don't want to spoil it too much and i i truly don't feel like i'm spoiling anything because this has been out for a while now it's been all over the place in the papers. Everywhere yeah, about, imdb.com. Yeah, Wikipedia. I mean, what the movie's premise is and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so there are two things. Well, the one thing, major thing is, yes, there is no baby Yoda involved. Um, but <laughs> looking forward to it, Littles, I believe it's on Amazon Prime. Is that correct, guys? I think. That sounds right. I believe so. It's opening Friday. So take a look. I mean, we're super excited. I hope if it's just half as good as the first one, the barbershop group is back from what I understand. Is that correct, Chuck? That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're really looking forward to that. I hope they have McDowell's too. (laughs) (laughs) That's the funny thing is like in today's world, they might not be back because they would be shut down in like three minutes. Right. I mean, if anyone ever tried to do that in today's world, they would just be (laughs) shut down. You remember the, who was the guy that was the fry guy? He's like, I'm making my way up to Louis fry. Anderson. Louis yeah. Anderson. He was so great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm hoping there'll be some of these cameos from the first movie. Samuel Jackson, Chuck? I don't remember that part. He's the one that held up McDowell's. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I should watch the first one before Friday. Yeah, maybe. So. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I might <laughs> Probably got to do some references. Maybe there. get a refresh. Yeah, yeah I, I need a that. refresh. It's been a minute. So, anyway, little, tiny little suggestion. Coming to America 2 opens Friday, so hopefully it'll be good. That's our tiny little suggestion for the week. Uh, Chuck, real quick, I know it's spring training, so we're not going to talk too much baseball, but, I mean, Red Sox starting off strong just like they finished last year. We are 0-2. Yep. Chuck, you got a tie at least. I mean, no, I know. No, what we did want to brush upon real quick was these ridiculous rules in spring training. I mean, I get that they're for safety and all that stuff, but – I'm watching the game the other day, and our Red Sox pitcher is getting lit up. That's no big shocker. But after, like, 23 <laughs> pitchers, it's one out, and they just they just come off the field. Like, I'm like, w- w- what's going on? And they're like, oh, I'm, at first I thought, oh, it's just a pitching change. Thank you. But, you know, because he'd already walked in one run. And all of a sudden, the inning's over. I'm like, what's going on? So apparently, Chuck, like, after, like, 23 pitches, I think it is, you can just yes. – and the inning, no matter you how can many. And the inning, if your pitcher's out there, just you don't have to leave him out there or bring in some. I guess you don't bring in a reliever, which. Yeah, I but that's what I mean. It's spring training. Don't you have like forty pitchers out there? Like just bring right. in someone else. And, I and don't know. if you're looking for bullpen, don't you want them to come in in an awkward yeah. situation to see if they can get an out or two? Yeah, it's, I didn't... it's very strange. 
I, didn't I, get I haven't that. really, I haven't, it's too early. I haven't really wrapped my head around these rules, but I know that like, if you want, if there's, if both managers agree, you can end the game after five innings. Oh, what? Uh, I know or, that. Yeah, or you can go up to nine, so you can go six innings, and they just have to agree on it. Like, if everybody's wow. got the work in, then I guess you assign. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe you can only have so many players, and you, you have to put your roster in well, prior I do, to the game, you know, and you can't just add more and more people, uh, probably maybe. for COVID well, reasons. They, they have, like, split squad games sometimes. Not yet, but they will. But also, the, the, to contradict my first statement, was they also have this thing where if you're ahead – and you're the home team in the bottom of the seventh, you still play the bottom of the seventh because so you can get your work in, they call it. So right, even though right, you've already yeah. won the game because you're ahead going into the seventh inning, you still play the bottom of the seventh so that your pitcher can get some extra work in and whatnot and people can get at bats. But to me, that's like contradicting the first version of, well, after 23 pitches, you can just end the inning. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep track. I should probably just go away from it until the season starts. And we win our yeah, like 40 games on the should. season. It's just going to be a miserable year for Red Sox fans. But really, we'll see. Oh yeah. That bad. Ah, all right. Well, Chuck, we'll get your picks in a couple weeks. See how that goes. And uh, yeah. So, so uh, yesterday in the Orioles game, they had a like you said after 20, I think 20 or 23 pitches, you can call an inning. So they had a pitcher that had pitched. I think it was either his 23rd or 24th pitch, and. This guy hit had hit a ball down the line, and they were going to, I think they called it foul, and they were going to replay it to practice that. And then if the guy's, if it's fair, then they were going to give the guy like a triple or something. <laughs> and it's like, well, why waste this time on a challenge? Because even if he gets a triple, they're just going to end the inning because the guy's already got his 23 pitches in. They're not going to take a chance. Right. <laughs> Letting him score. So right. it's kind of a, just yeah, it's, one more thing to think about, I guess. Yeah, it's weird. All right, Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us, especially if you didn't like coming to America. We'd love to hear that. You can email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at LoyalLittlesPod or at our Facebook page, The Loyal Littles Podcast. I noticed and- you never asked me anymore, Chuck. How to get a hold of this. Go to iTunes and stuff. I gave up on that a long time ago. <laughs> and as always, please, please, please go to Apple, iTunes, all that stuff. Rate, review, and subscribe. And as always, if you're shopping online tonight, use the code. code. Oh, wow, wow. That's a lot. 100 years ago on PTI. 100 years ago on PTI. I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, today is 300 years since Galileo looked through a telescope. Tony, have you looked through a telescope? I'm Tony Kornheiser. Just last night I was peeking at Uranus. Ha ha ha, real funny. It's always funny. I told that one to Ty Cobb. Oh, I bet he was laughing, Tony. Yeah, while spiking me in the ankle. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, women get the right to vote. It won't last, Tony. Prohibition everywhere. That may last. Yeah, Except in Grover Cleveland Alexander's glove. And Ray Chapman goes down from a Carl May submarine spitball. That's just sad, Tony. But we begin today with the sad state of the Senators rolling toward a sixth place finish in the American League under Clark Griffith. Yeah, Tony, despite Walter Johnson's no-hitter last month. That's the only bright spot. He stinks, Johnson. After 10 straight 20-win seasons, I can't watch the Senators. I get too upset. Yeah, Clark Griffith needs to shut up. Tony, the new National Football League is underway with Jim Thorpe as president. The Decatur Staleys are rolling under George Hallis. Yeah, but their quarterback, Pard Pierce, only five foot five. He's like a little boy out there. Yeah, well, if Hallis would coach him up. Babe Ruth is in his first year with the Yankees after coming over in the trade from Boston. Having a great year, Tony's gonna shatter his homer record from last year. Yeah, he can't keep it up. They should sell him back to Boston while his stock is up. Now would Frazee even take him? Mike, he was better as a pitcher. Tony, Bill, Tilden wins Wimbledon again. Is he your goat? Never be another Tilden. Tony, would you pay to see Jack Johnson fight again? Not unless it's against Jim Jeffries, and that's not gonna happen. That's the fight of the century, and we'll never see a better one. Wilbon, will there ever be a professional basketball league? <laughs> Why, Tony? 
Whoever thinks they'll pay to watch basketball needs to shut up! We're out of time. We'll try to do better the next time. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, knuckleheads. I don't think Decatur will have trouble with the Columbus Panhandlers. As long as Howard stays out of the way and learns to shut up. 26 inning game in Boston. Yeah, you slept through the last 23. Baseball needs lights. Never gonna have The defending champion White Sox, can they repeat? If Shoeless Joe stays healthy, Tony. The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. Oh, yeah.